0: I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of my life. I give honor to my pastors, elders, leaders, and teachers, and all the saints and friends. I thank God for my listening audience and those that have joined together today with me by faith to believe God for change in our lives, change in our situations, change in our circumstances and answers for every situation and circumstance that we're in. We know that God is able to do all things but fail. And today we want to trust Him. I am grateful for you today as we come from the book of Colossians the third chapter the fifth verse through the seventeenth verse Practicing Godly Virtues Practicing godly virtues, and the scripture reads in Colossians three and five, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. That's Colossians three and we know that in the world today there are many sins that causes us to war with one another the bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus what would want us to have eternal life in christ jesus seeing so many people die We wonder whether or not they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. We wonder whether or not they received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Were they saved? Are they going to make it to heaven? Some of us are separated from our husbands, from our wives, from our children. And we wonder if our family members that we may never see say goodbye to or even bury have made it to heaven. Will God forgive us for having broken homes and families because of sin and drinking and drugs? Our family is broken apart. Can we ever get back what we lost? Could we be restored? I'm here to let you know today that Jesus saves and not only does he save, he restores, he heals, he repairs every situation. Sometimes we may think that it is not possible for us to live holy because in our mind, we have adopted a sinful mentality and there's no way for us to stop. The Bible teaches that the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So this means we ought to ask people to pray for us. When we know that they pray, when we see that they believe God, we ought to ask them to pray for us. We have prayer lines we can call to ask for prayer. Once prayer gets into our situation, it begins to change things for us. Immediately, we by faith believe that things have begun to change. And when we see them actually change, we jot that down. We remember that God, Jesus himself, took notice of our situation and alleviated the pain, changed the situation for us, gave us a clearer view, showed himself strong on our behalf, gave us hope to go on, to believe, to endure. In the book of Colossians, it teaches us to practice godly virtues. Practice godly virtues. I used to think, well, how can I practice godly virtues? You know, how can I uh, not do the things that I am so accustomed to doing? But if Jesus tells us to practice godly virtues, then he, he wants us to know that it's possible. Take for an example, a married woman, a woman who have been married two or three times. Do you know that this person will find it hard and harder as she has fallen away from God and two and three husbands to remember to pray? She can forget to believe God and may even not want to even discuss God in her situation. Or circumstance, or with others, when you present God to her, she says, "I don't want to know about your Jesus." Perhaps you got a hold of a second hus- husband or a third husband who don't doesn't believe in God either, and for some reason entered into sexual sin with him and that person, and now you are finding it hard to believe God. We are to practice godly virtues. The apostle Paul didn't found the church of Colossae. But when he went to the church of Colossae, it was important for him to recognize people practicing godly virtues. It was important for him to address sin. Because if they can keep sin out of the church and out of these situations and circumstance, he can keep uh, people coming to hurt them and put them in prison for no reason and uh, stopping their teaching and learning and believing and believing in God. Paul exhorted them to seek those things which are above while coming to Christ provides us with spiritual resources to live a Christian life, a holy life, it's not automatic. We are to practice godly virtues. Not lying, but still fornicating is not helping the situation. It's actually ex uh, uh, increasing the situation. Well, if we don't want to lie anymore... What we do is we practice the truth. We read books on telling the truth. We listen to things that teaches us to tell the truth, that is telling the truth to us. Do you know if you listen to false teaching long enough, you'll begin to compromise? You'll see yourself lying, and you see yourself lying and not even feeling condemned about it. But if you come in contact with the word of God and the truth and true preachers who are preaching the truth, so that you can see what the world is, not to condemn. Because the book of St. John 317 reads, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Your ears will begin to clear up your heart will begin to heal your mind and you will find yourself speaking the truth even if it hurts. Speaking the truth even if it means you feel that you will lack something and you know that God is pleased because you actually executed and uh, was able to be truthful. Whenever you fall back in sin, continue to pray and ask God to strengthen you so that you will never be, never tell a lie again. That you will be more prone to tell the truth. And God and Jesus himself will step in and fix it for you. So that you can tell the truth. And people will respect your honesty. The truth is nothing to argue about. It stands for itself. The Bible declares, "Ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So, we are practicing godly virtues. When we do this, we notice that prosperity comes our way. People may want to give us stuff. Uh, Not that we're begging. We're not begging anymore. But friends and families return. Uh, Checks come in the mail. Things happen because we are practicing godly principles. When we get together with the other saints, we find that we have more people who want to interact with us because we are practicing godly principles. So the word mortify in the book of and in the book of Colossians, and I always say Colossi because I think of the town of Colossae. The word mortifying Colossian means to put to death or to treat as dead. The the old life is dead and buried. And the resurrected new life every day is turned both from vigilance and diligence. And in Christian living, the very presence of the New Testament epistles and admonishes us and teaches us how to practice godly virtues. So we're excited about practicing godly virtues. When we go to church, we say, uh, God bless you. We say, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We feel the load taken off our shoulders and put on Christ's shoulders that he may carry our pain and our shame for us. We are feeling less shameful and condemned when we are reminded of the things that have happened and our sins of the past. We know that we are practicing godly principles. We are obeying God's word. He is pleading our cause with them that strive with us, fighting against those that fight against us, taking hold of shield and buckler and standing up for our help, practicing godly principles. Sometimes when we practice godly principles, it makes us feel as if we want to take vengeance out on those that are not practicing godly principles. But practicing godly principles should shine our light so that others won't want to say we want to practice godly principles too. We ask God to cover us from those that are not practicing godly virtues um, so that they won't feel or look at uh, we might we won't we don't appear to them as if we can be taken advantage of. Lustful thoughts about something might make us say, let's well go ahead and do it. Just do it since we think about it. But when we practice godly principles, we put those thoughts in place. We know that God wouldn't tell us to just do anything that displeases him, anything that will bring us into debt, anything that will cause problems in our home and families. The book of Colossians, the third chapter and the sixth verse reads, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. The wrath of God. We see war going on in different nations and people fighting against one another. and We wonder what the problem is. Is the wrath of God coming on the children of disobedience. When we fall away from God it hurts us because he gets angry and he deals with us. Oh God doesn't see us hurt with bullets in us, no. But he will stop the war from coming up again and stop the devil from dragging us to hell. The seventh verse reads the Colossians 3 and 7 reads, In which ye also walked some time when you lived in them, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with old deeds. I'm here to let you know today that Christ died so that we could put off the old man. Jesus died so that we can put on a new man. Jesus died so that we could be set free and delivered. Jesus died so that we can have a change of mind and heart. Jesus died so our loved ones will be saved and delivered and set free. Jesus died so that we could have judges there deal with our situation in a righteous way. Jesus died so that we could have police officers watch us so people don't break in our doors. Jesus died so we don't have HIV. Jesus died so we don't have Uh, gonorrhea and syphilis. Jesus died so that we could find cures for coronavirus. Jesus died and rose again from the grave on the third day that we may rise again, rise out of our situation, rise out of our circumstances, rise out of our adulteries, rise out of our For polygamy, having four and five husbands, rise out of our doubt and unbelief, rise out of being ashamed of our our life and sin. I'm here to let you know today you can receive Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. The moment you receive him into your life as your Lord and personal Savior, he will come in and change your life. He will come in and move you and your situation and circumstance. Heaven moves on your behalf. The Bible says the angels of heaven rejoice over one soul that gives their life to the Lord that is saved, that is set free and delivered. Today you can say and repeat with me, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner and I want to be saved come into my heart, come into my life. I want to be born again. I receive you as the only way to be saved, Jesus. I receive you as the only Savior. I reject all false doctrines and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, come into my heart. Now, Lord, come into my life. Now, Lord, come into my heart. Now, Lord, come into my circumstances, and I believe. That because you died and rose again I am saved And I am saved today I thank you for my miracle I thank you for my deliverance I thank you for doing it for me In Jesus name I pray Amen and Amen May the Lord add a blessing To the reading of his most holy word Grace and peace be unto you From God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give honor to God, our pastors, elders, leaders, and teachers. We give honor to all the saints and friends. We are thankful for all that God has called you to do in ministry. We are grateful for your prayers. For the fervent, effectual prayers of righteous men availeth much. We ask that God will continue to close all doors the enemy is using to infiltrate and we are grateful for all the different men and women that god has called into ministry all over the world and as little as they do or as much as they do for the lord is appreciated and how much we appreciate it we can imagine just how much more god appreciates each and every thoughtful sacrifice unto the Lord and for the Lord Jesus. We are thankful that you have joined us today by way of podcast to hear this lesson about Micah and what God is doing for the children of Israel. And it'll be a brief lesson and we will continue it later. But the lesson comes from the book of Micah, the seventh chapter, 18th verse. Micah 17 and 18 reads, God retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Micah 7 and 18. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the miracles, signs, and wonders that will follow this lesson because you promised to confirm your word with miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you for the lives that will be changed or the hearts that will be changed and people who will make a decision to serve you exclusively, exclusively because they invite you into their hearts that you will hold up the highest place of honor. We ask that you chase away the enemy forces, the thief, the robber, That would come to kill and steal and destroy. And even when we are at the lowest point, we ask that you confirm that you are with us. Greater is he that is with us than he that is in the world. We ask that you touch our judges and police officers. And we ask that you bind the spirit of death with chains of iron fetters. And cast it to the pits of hell from which it came. We trust and believe that if you did it before, you do it again. And we turn to you and your word for comfort, for healing and direction. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God will one day restore Israel and cast away their sins as far as the bottom of the sea. We we look at the sea we can't imagine the bottom, even though we've seen the bottom before. We can't imagine how low the bottom is. We can't imagine. But we know that God, by way of the prophets, will cast away our sins as far as the bottom of the sea. That gives us hope. When we've done wrong and we feel shame for it and we've offended God and it looks as if we're under the prison. It looks as if we don't have a friend. It looks as if we are, are in punishment because we have no parents, because we're orphans. It looks as if our territories will not even be defended. It looks as if there's no food to eat, no healing for our body. Viruses are upon us. But we know that as far as the bottom of the sea, God will forgive our sins. It's the first step of healing our hearts. The Bible declares a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So we ask God to continue to help our hearts to be merry and that he will heal us and that he will bring us through our mornings and give us joy and restore the years that the canker worm had devoured when we hear the chuckles and laughs of those that chuckle and laugh at us because they've seen us in our distress and our sin or because we look awkward, maybe physically. Something that not appealing to their eyes because they are, their eyes haven't been sanctified, anointed. Lord, we thank you for bringing us through. We thank you for suiting us up with the whole arm of God that we may be able to withstand against the wiles of the enemy. The topic of our lesson today is how much God loves his chosen people, Israel. God loves his chosen people, Israel, from the beginning. He lets them know that he loves them so very much. He lets us know that he plans to lead them through every situation as a father leads his children, his family, his wife, his, his, the churches, his wife. is. He lets us know how much he really loves us in his word. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad O oh, magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together psalms 34 1 and 3. psalms 32 reads thou art my hiding place Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Psalms 32 and 7. How much God loves his chosen people. He longs for us to have a strong relationship with him. As a father has a strong relationship with his children. To be religious, but to be not to be just religious, but to trust in His Word, to get to know who He is, to love Him is correction, to adore His wisdom, to seek His life, to want to know all about His life. As we get older, his will for our lives. This is a relationship that a father has with his children. It's a great comfort for a father to have his children love him, to remember his words and what he said to them and how he led them, It's comfort to see them grow from their mistakes. God was displeased with Israel's behavior and God, like a father reminded that like loving parents, they will be disciplined as rebellious children. They will be rebuked and disciplined. Most parents like to just cuddle with their children, love them and enjoy the fact that they are precious. But God, he cuddles with us, he comforts us, he holds us, he acknowledges us as we acknowledge him. Like a father acknowledges their children as they acknowledge him. And everywhere he goes, he acknowledges them. And everywhere they go, they acknowledge him. God loves his chosen people, Israel. The Lord had chosen Micah to be a prophet for his people, Israel. Who received the spoken word messages from God that they were given to the people. God's revelation was recorded. When you have a father and the father loves his children, every time he takes pictures or Every time he puts money on life insurance policies, every time he uh, writes a story and remembers their names, a family reunion. This is similar to how God remembers and records scripture and records history with his chosen people. Micah prayed that God would treat his people as shepherd would. A shepherd uses his staff to direct his flock where they will find good pasture. The staff also disciplines the, the sheep that stray from the flock. Sometimes we stray from God and we're disciplined and we all, we're all alone. But God used a shepherd to come and discipline his flock. So that the flock will stay together. So that they would know this is the flock of God. This is the place where you ought to be. Like a father disciplines his children says. You are loved in this place. You are fed in this place. You are nurtured in this place. We know a lot of times the parents had a hard time nurturing their children. uh, Didn't feel connected. So it's important for God's children to feel connected, and God understands and knows. The Bible says in Psalms 34 and 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We ask that God continue to show us how God loves his chosen people, Israel. That we will see just how intimate their relationship is was with their God, how he led them through the wilderness how he parted the seas and led them through on dry ground they were able to hear his voice to remember his word to remember his word everywhere they went to acknowledge that they are a part of a nation Israel who is lo- who are loved and disciplined by God but who on this journey, will go on to for all the world to see who God is, who Israel is. The land of Israel is a very small portion of land surrounded by huge nations. On a world map, Israel looks very small, yet this nation is the most important nation in the world. People who hate the Jews cannot be helped being as astounded that in spite of the terrible persecution they endured, they are still powerful. Their nation preservation for thousands of years proved that they are God's chosen people. His promises to them will never fail. This is, encourages us as we go on to learn about God in the scriptures. As we go on to hear the children of Israel remember their father God leading them through every situation. In all circumstances. All circumstances. We, we, we are so grateful to God. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hollow unto me. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goeth unto the holy things which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. He continues to teach Israel that he is in control in the good and in the bad, and there are consequences. When handling your father, there are consequences when handling your father's word. There are consequences when handling your father's instruction. God loves his chosen people, Israel. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We trust the word of God. We trust that God is still with his people. We receive Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior because the scriptures brought us to the point to see the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. We receive him into our hearts as our Lord and personal Savior. The only way our sacrifice for us to be saved and for us to be engrafted in and for us our sins to be blotted out and we are grateful that God loves his chosen people, Israel. We ask that you continue to study the self-approved under God, workmen that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. May the Lord continue to bless you.